Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. Put the bottle down. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we are discussing Lorena. The four-part series premiered on February 15th, 2019 on Amazon Prime Video. It was directed by Joshua Roth, who also served as an executive producer alongside Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfeld, Stephen J. Berger, Jenna Santoiani, and Tom Lisinski. I remember watching this when I was at work. Well, it was like I had it on, but it was like just listening to it. I hadn't actually gotten around to watching it until we decided to do it for this podcast. And I was like, why did I miss out on all this time? <laughs> like, again, because it's been a little while since we like watched it the first time. I've seen it like four times since then, <laughs> including earlier this evening when I was like rage watching it. <laughs> we start off June 23rd, 1993 in Manassas, Virginia, 5.06 a.m. The police receive a call from a local hospital that officers are requested. A man has been assaulted and a appendage is missing. Isn't that what the transcript said? We yeah. need to find the man's we dignity. Need to, <laughs> we need to find the missing appendage. They didn't want to like broadcast what appendage yeah, it was. They didn't want to say it over the radio call. Yeah, they were like, we didn't have cell phones back in that day, so like we didn't really want to like let the news people potentially know that like <laughs> but you I just, know. we need to find the man's dignity. <laughs> <laughs> so he should have never just, got that dignity. We'll just get it out. The guy's dick is missing. <laughs> and none of the officers want to say penis over the radio, so they're just kind of skirting around it. I like how that one guy is like, there are seven words that you can't say on television, <laughs> so I didn't think that we should say it on the radio. It's like, it's a fucking police radio, okay? Like, I don't think you're going to get, like, slammed by the FCC no. or whatever. <laughs> like... The one crime scene tech had to go to the hospital, pull the sheet back, and commented that there was no penis. <laughs> just testicles. I, I just love Did he like, not believe the hospital that had he to go there and look just to make sure? He's like, I don't know. Maybe there's like some shrinkage. Like maybe they're just like not seeing it clearly. stuff yeah. around moving. I just like how like they like, they literally like went behind the curtain, lift it, and they walk out and they're just like, no like, and you can't even see my 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 head shake but it's just like they're like no, no no like this is it's gone so now they have to decide what to do surgery wise they haven't located the dick yet so they have to decide to just i'm not a doctor so i'm gonna make it as simple as possible they're gonna make it so he'll have to sit down to pee like a lady and i love that they comment on how clean of a cut it was almost like they're impressed it was very impressive. Like, even the jurors were like, she should have, like, you know, had some medical training. Cause... So in this, we're interviewing the victim, John Wayne Bobbitt, who tells us his side of what led up to the incident. He was sleeping and felt his wife playing around with his dick. There's, there's As no way around one it. one is, you know. We're going to say dick a lot in this. <laughs> it is one of my favorite words. And it's switching between current John and a clip from when he was on the Jenny Jones show, <laughs> which I always forget about her having that show. Ah, good old Jenny. And he hasn't aged well in this at all. She no. looks gorgeous. Um, And I will say, that is fucking karma. If yeah. you notice, 
his house and the background scenery mm-hmm. and like even like even the cup he's drinking out of like we were doing like a documentary like you couldn't pick a better <laughs> cup well he had a gray one do we need to switch the gray one or is <laughs> this like one how, okay i like how he asked that it's like i love that they kept that in this yeah it's like bro you're sitting in like a couple recliners in like an empty <laughs> living room anyway so he Phil's her playing with him, and he's not sure if he's dreaming or not until he feels a tug and then just intense pain. A friend of theirs named Robert was staying with him at the time, and he had to wait for Robert to get dressed and brush his teeth before he could take John to the hospital. Also, like, I'm sorry, but, like, if one of my tits was cut off and my friend's like, wait, I've got to, like, brush my teeth first, I'd be like, fuck your teeth, we gotta go. It reminds me of when I was a teenager fucking around with friends, breaking up a picnic table with a pickaxe and missed stab my foot and i had to wait for my mom to finish grocery shopping (laughs) before she would come pick me up and then didn't take me to the hospital even though i was starting to get dizzy from blood loss she took me home to drop the groceries off those are very important heather they're very expensive i was bleeding and getting dizzy i was going into shock couldn't even feel pain in my foot i was sitting we were sitting on the porch and i was like tapping my feet I kept hearing a splashing, and I was like, that's weird. It hasn't rained. Oh, they no. turned the porch light on. There's just a pool of blood. Oh, we so were some, I get it, John. We were, some, <laughs> we were some dumb teenagers. And according to him, she did this because she was angry that he filed or was planning on filing for divorce. But And I quote, us men don't understand women, so it didn't work out that way. We're not that hard to understand. <laughs> Don't fucking rape us. Don't beat the shit out of us. We're pretty cool. Yeah. So we talked to Cindy Leo, who, according to Amazon's general trivia, did you ever have that? I did. Okay. And I love clicking on it all. So she currently breeds and trains Burmese mountain dogs and owns 10. Those are one of my favorite dog breeds. So that is good to know. Such a random fact. She had reported the scene and is told that as far as they all know, they believe the penis had been swallowed. <laughs> Which I loved. The idea that, you like... You're fucking kidding me. Like, I... There's no way in hell that, like, I hate someone enough that I'm going to swallow their dick. That's just, like, not, I like... I don't even want to give head. Why am I going <laughs> to swallow the thing? <laughs> like... Like, that's... Like... Yeah, like, putting it in my mouth is an act of love and service. (laughs) The idea of swallowing it when I'm raged at you, like, no. That shit's going down the garbage disposal. She talks about how she followed the blood droplets from the parking lot to the apartment, which, I mean, hey, you don't have to ask around. You know what apartment is. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, right there. They show crime scene pictures, and it doesn't seem like that much blood. No, and honestly, even the bed, like, yeah, yeah, just like the whole. They talked scene. about like how was this bloodbath, and I was like, it's not that bad. I mean, really. Well, and like, I thought that like when you're drunk, you bleed more, but I don't. I don't know. Um, so they talk about how he was drunk, so he probably didn't feel the pain that much, and might be why he stayed in bed for a little bit before he jumped into action. And it still doesn't seem like that much. You can blood. see like the imprint in the bed yeah, of where he was just like laying, <laughs> laying there. I don't, I don't think he even I don't had know why I found it so surprising. Like there's not that much blood, but they're looking all over the house for the dick and the weapon used, which they believe is a kitchen knife. But they do find some pamphlets about rape and domestic abuse so that might which i don't have those in my home so yeah that's a pretty good like giveaway 
So while they're in the beginning of this investigation, the perpetrator and wife of John, Lorena, shows up at the police station after going to her friend Janice's house. She reports that she's been sexually abused, and the cops are like, cool, we'll get to that. But first, where's the dick at? <laughs> More importantly, where's the man's penis? And she's still in such a daze, she doesn't remember. She tells them to check the apartment, and when they tell her it's not there, she kind of remembers driving and tossing some stuff out of her car window near a 7-Eleven gas station. Also, there must not have been much in their apartment, because, like, if someone was like, hey check your house for my dick, I'd be like, okay. And it would probably take me a couple days because I have so <laughs> many kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, shit everywhere. I'm like, I don't know. Did one of them put it in their play box? I don't know. Like, it's, I'll get back Maybe to you. Maybe the dog took it out in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that the male officers are so concerned about finding this dick. And the one woman, Cindy, is just concerned about finding the knife, which she's <laughs> successful in. I loved her. They're relieved to find out she hasn't swallowed it and figured out the area of where she would have tossed it. It's in tall grass and a police sergeant is the first one to find it. He's apparently very religious and doesn't want to touch it. So he just points it out to a firefighter. He just like stands there and he's like, it's right there. Like, None of the men wanted to touch it. Like you touch. It's of the essence. You touch your dick every fucking That's like, day. Just be a man and pick it up. Yeah. Like. It's, Nobody's going to come over and go, oh, man, you're so gay for picking up that severed dick. <laughs> I don't know. Bobby's been gay ever since he touched that <laughs> dick in the grass. Also, like, it's just like a little tiny worm. It's like, so small. It is such a tiny It's penis. shocking they found it. It is so tiny. And we switch over to Lorena now talking about it and just trying not to laugh. But she does, which just made me laugh because she's struggling to, like, keep a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> She's not laughing about cutting it off. She's just laughing at what a weird situation it is. And then some guy not wanting to pick it up. Yeah. like Which is like, protect and serve. Yeah, exactly. You're so concerned about giving this man his dignity back. Like, pick the fucking dick up. (laughs) Get it out of the grass. So once they finally pick it up, they run into a 7-Eleven that's right there. And they put it on ice in a hot dog container. (laughs) Which is Which is very fitting. Very fitting. But it is not standard size hot dog (laughs) the whole situation's ridiculous but they have it now so the doctors agree to attempt to reattach it even though the chance of success is questionable because never done it before yeah these men are like we've never reattached a dick before and then for no fucking warning they show a picture of the severed dick and it's tiny like i remember when this first came out i was at work watching this part on my lunch break and I'm so glad no one was around because it was unexpected. It's like me listening to Case File and he's like, the anus. And like, you know, he's like, oh. All I can think is, what if somebody had walked into this room and just see me eat the sandwich, look at my phone, and there's just a severed dick on there. They wouldn't even know it's a dick. It was so tall. Like, you couldn't even tell. It was just so little and like, like, it looked like a little earthworm. And then to make it worse, they show the dickless area. <laughs> but I, Which is... Which is pretty bad. But I love the surgeon letting us know he's never done a surgery like this before, but don't worry, he had a game plan. The dude's just ad-libbing this surgery like a goddamn pro. Oh, he was definitely, he was an expert at this. Like, I'm pretty sure he's reattached several dicks since Other than this guy, the women through this are so professional, and the men just struggling to say the word penis. (laughs) You fucking own one, bro. (laughs) So while John is having his surgery, Lorraine is on the other side of the hospital having a rape kit done. Stains are located in the crotch. Is crotch a medical term? Because they said crotch. (laughs) I don't... I guess it is, because I don't know what other word you'd use. (laughs) 
nether regions. The crotchal region. <laughs> yeah, they sound professional. The crotchal region. There's no evidence of blood and, God, I hate this word, Sperma, spermatozoia <laughs> were detected and she's reporting years of spousal rape. Her boss, Jana Basuti, who seems to be her only friend, hires an attorney for her named James Lowe and also an agent manager from Hollywood named Alan Haug. Which is, Which like, is, a weird move. But, but it's like, really fucking smart because the media jumps all over the Right, story. because it's a huge thing. Like, yeah. this is not something that, like, happens every day. So it was definitely, it was a smart move. And also, like, shout out to, like, having a boss that gives a fuck about you. Like, hiring well. you. Well, towards the <laughs> we'll end, maybe. Yeah, maybe not so much, like, later on. But, like, the idea of, like, her, you know, being there and hiring an attorney and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I mean, she's alone in this country because this story is so impactful that we were in like the early years of elementary and we remember this oh yeah no it was definitely like the whole like you can say Lorena like and I'm just like on it dick cut off that's all I remember is the dick was cut off it was reattached she went to court that's all I remember and then I think I remember like later on being like he did a porno well yeah that part too but the rest of it they don't they never talked about that. No, they didn't. They really didn't go into... I didn't know about it until I watched this. Yeah. And I'm glad that this documentary came out because yeah. it was really insightful. Yeah. Because I was just like, holy fuck, it's a lot more than just a dick getting cut off. So unfortunately, because she hired a publicist, the media felt they no longer had to keep her identity under wraps. Which is fucking bullshit. Which is, yeah, it's horseshit. She's claiming to be a rape victim. That gives you no rights to then go, oh, well, she clearly wants the media attention because she hired a publicist. And her name is out there. So John's name is also out there, even though he's also technically a sex abuse victim. Yeah, it's it's really weird how they came at this. this. Yeah. yeah. So we first go through the rape case. Uh, during this time, marital rape laws were less than ideal. Pretty sketch. You basically had to be separated at the time, and there must be extreme injury done. Which is like, like what the fuck? Like, I have that experience. Like, it's, like, you gotta be doing some pretty horrific shit to, like, damage a vagina. Like, we're pretty resilient. Like, we've delivered babies, okay? So, that, the idea that, like, you have to damage the goods to, like, make it a crime is... But even when you meet this criteria... It's hard to get any actual jail time. Exactly. Like, and I am just going to say, like, shout out to Biden and Bernie Sanders, my mm-hmm. heroes. I would totally marry either of them. Mm. Maybe. Bernie Sanders, maybe. <laughs> I would totally marry Bernie. Live in Vermont. God. So what John is eventually... Mittens. Sorry. <laughs> John is eventually charged with was malicious sexual assault. So the max time he could get is 20 years compared to life with rape so cool john talks about how the biggest misconception about him is that he's a violent person we'll get into that later (laughs) they just kind of yada yada through their early years of their relationship he was in the marines and they met at the marine corps ball in 1988 when she was 19 and i was born and he (laughs) would have been about 21 he talks about how she had a cute accent and barely spoke english and they exchanged numbers which is like to me is kind of like fishy because like constantly if I can't how she doesn't have she doesn't really know English but I understand everything she says yeah like it's 
like especially now but even like back then even during, like well the later trials it's... yeah even even during like the trials and stuff like her like there's like it's like broken english in some places but like but you understand what she's yeah saying. exactly i get what she's saying and it's not funny no and on june 18th 1989 they were married amazon general trivia says their reception was at a campground in niagara falls neat how romantic <laughs> Amazon with all these facts. Didn't he propose to her with a ring he found in a swimming pool? So, I mean, it seems fitting. Yeah. His excuse for the relationship being bad is they married too young. Okay, bro. Nothing to do with your shitty behavior. I got married I'm young, too. Get okay? ahead of myself. <laughs> we go into John's trial first. I, this is what I was like. I don't remember anything about rape allegations or him even going to trial. That's no, how much because focus it was like was on so covered up. It was seriously like it was not big news, and God, I just like looking back at it now, I'm so angry. Yeah, and they even show an interview outside the courthouse where a reporter asks, "Why do you think so much attention is being paid to this case?" And I was shocked the guy responding didn't just scream because the dude got his dick cut off. <laughs> Why else would people care? Like, this has never happened the before. Man's dick. Also, I want one of those souvenir shirts. Yes. The Manassas, Virginia. A cut above the rest. I considered looking for one for Christmas for you. And then the boxer said, don't cut me short. It's <laughs> funny. He lived. It's funny. During the trial, he states he went to work and got off at 2.30 and then just went drinking with Robbie, the guy staying with him. But he says he wasn't drunk when he got home because he folded his clothes. A drunk person doesn't do that, okay? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I've worked entire also, days did drunk, he say so what's he... your point exactly? <laughs> what did he... Like, I got promoted drunk, okay? Yeah, like... <laughs> like... And, I, and I don't understand. He said, like, he got home from work or whatever. Like, the man's been, like, chronically unemployed for, like, <laughs> yeah. most of his life. <laughs> and we learned with Virginia laws, Lorena can't talk about the history of abuse. Only the date that this happened and up to five days before, which that's horrible. Yeah, that... So he could rape her once a week for years and she'd only be able to tell the court about it happening once. Yeah, and it had to be like within five days of yeah. her like cutting his dick off. It was a travesty. She testifies that he stated for sex excites him, which is fucking disgusting. She testifies that she is raped on Friday and they have consensual, consensual sex on Sunday morning. So, of course, the court is like, what? Why would you agree to that? Because you're fucking married. Yeah, and her like response she... is, if I don't agree to it, he's just going to rape me anyway. Yeah, like, why Why would you? And again, she is alone in this country. Mm-hmm. He is all she has. Yeah. And she comes from a very strong religious background. Like, this is her husband, and she's supposed to make it work. Like, it's crazy to think this conversation even happening in a courtroom, but it was the 90s. Like Anita, it Hill, doesn't get too much better. Yeah, the these Anita days. Hill hearings had already happened at this point, and Clarence Thomas still managed to become a Supreme Court justice. Listen to the dollop episode about that bullshit and get ready for some anger. Biden doesn't look good. Marital rape just isn't a thing. Once you're married, the wife becomes property, and the husband can just do whatever the fuck he wants. And this fucking juror—it's like the fifties all over again this sure he can't decide what lorena wants from this trial because one day she's wearing a housewife dress and the next day she has her hair and makeup done what the fuck like she has to like set the scene and stick with it like she's not an actress like coming up with like you know her she says she's a rape victim but she's all dressed up 
I hope this dude doesn't have daughters. Like, it's... I hope he's never been laid. <laughs> and forensics testifies that he couldn't duplicate the tearing on her panties to match her statement, which... I, all I can think about is this dude just ripping up panties in his office all day. <laughs> his wife's like, honey, you've been working late every night. He's got his office door open. Somebody's <laughs> walking by and he's just in there ripping panties up. But also, were they the same kind of panties? These know. are things I need to know. The defense argues that she took the panties after the rape to the nail salon where she worked and cut them herself with scissors. Which, like, why the fuck? And the doctor testified that there were no outward signs of rape. Which makes sense when she can't testify testify about how this was a normal thing. So yeah, she's probably not going to fight back that much. Yeah. Like, I feel like she kind of just laid there and took it because yeah. that was her life now. Yeah. And it would only be worse if you did fight back. It goes to the jury and the woman woman even says they got more focused on the knife incident and didn't focus on the rape. You know, what he was on trial for. Nope. Why was the dick cutting even brought up in this trial? No, it shouldn't have been even factored this into any of this. This isn't about this what happened, happened to him. After. Yeah, and it this also isn't about after. what she was going through. So, of course, he is fucking found not guilty. The worst part is finding out he had multiple stories about what happened, relating at various times to police and to the court that they had not had sex, that Lorena had tried to initiate sex, but he had been too tired, and that they had sex, but he had slept through it, and then the sex had been consensual, but not guilty. Yeah, like, maybe you should remember what the fuck happened if you yeah. want to try and play like you're innocent. John tries to go into hiding by moving to a friend's ranch. I didn't catch if they said where it was located or not. It doesn't really matter. Well, and it was like the lo his lawyer was like, let's get you to this ranch until after your trial's over. <laughs> he was basically trying to hide him, and I feel like it's because he knew he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. He hooks up with a new girlfriend, and I know you're absolutely wondering, and yes, he says the sex is good. Why? I like how he was like, we had such, like, we had a lot of great sex. It's like, <laughs> are you still with her? No. Oh, no. Well, then it couldn't have been that matter. great. Yeah. Like, why did he need to mention it? I, I hate this guy. <laughs> Case that doesn't come out enough. Like I said, karma kicked so, him in the balls real hard. Of course, he can't stay out of the spotlight. No, Meanwhile, Lorena just wants to basically disappear. They're making fun of her on late night shows, even months later. And she's being referred to as a hot-blooded Latina. You know, typical racist shit. Mm -hmm. She's an angry Ecuadorian immigrant who didn't get her American dream. It's horrible. And I think the worst person, other than John, featured in this documentary is Howard Stern. Yeah, I, like had some real issues with some shit he, he said. He's absolutely horrendous. I know he's gone through a transformation over the past few years, so I would love to know, like, his feelings. Yeah, like, did he issue a public apology to her? I think that he should have if he has not I already. Know. In fact, like, Howard Stern, you should probably get on that. <laughs> and the fucking puff pieces the media puts out about John and having him meet the firefighters who saved his dick. That like, was so awkward. God, that was so... you Like, was that awkward for you? Because it, it was awkward, awkward for me. Yeah. <laughs> We go a little bit into her past. She was born in Ecuador and moved to Venezuela when she was seven. Came to the U.S. when she was 18 on a student visa and basically learned English from watching daytime TV, soap operas, and The Price is Right. Hell yeah. So Bob Barker was for more than just sick days. 
He really was. And I read that her parents moved to the U.S. after her trial. She thought that was interesting. I'm glad that they did because I feel like she needed that. January 1994, her trial begins. So while there was plenty of media for John's trial, it pales in comparison to this and again, insane we were in like first grade <laughs> like... that Lorena's was. And while this is technically a sex crime, the judge allows the media in to broadcast hey, it like, anyway. They're like, hey, Court TV, why don't you come in and film this? We didn't let you do it for the first one because that was like a sex crime like trial or whatever. But like, hey, this one's cool. The craziest part is her media representative said the trial was originally going to start near Christmas time, but they got it moved because TV ratings would be low near the holidays. Insane if true. The defense strategy going into this is for Lorena to claim irresistible impulse or temporary insanity due to the history of abuse and rape, and she's going into this facing up to 20 years in prison. Prosecution even tries to give her a deal, admit it was premeditated, and you'll get four months. I I'm proud like, of her for not taking that shit. I feel shit. if you really believed you had a case, four months would not have been offered Mm-mm. when 20 years is on the table. No, and I think it's because his lawyers knew that he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Her concern, though, was admitting to a felony would mean she couldn't become an American citizen. She's risking 20 years in prison because she wants to be an American. Like, she's being treated like shit. But, the, so like, much. she wants it so badly she that she's putting up with this shit. Yeah. But at least with this trial, she can get on the stand and tell about the abuse and rape. Also, can we talk about how the ring he used to propose to her he found at the bottom of a pool? Right? At least go to a pawn shop. Well, she even talked about, like, how her family friend didn't like them, didn't like him because, like, every time they would go out on a date, like, he'd forget his wallet. Yeah. Like, he was a piece of shit, okay? Like, someone out there was probably brokenhearted after losing this ring. And then found out it was, like, Lorena Bobbitt's engagement ring. (laughs) And they are married ten months after first meeting. I don't know how you can marry someone so soon, and also how you can know they're the one without even living together. Friendships end after living together, and yet you're going to marry somebody? I'll never understand that. But the marriage starts off happy until she slowly starts to realize that John can't keep a job. Mm. So the only one bringing any money into this is her and whatever she could bring home from the nail salon. So they end up losing their house and she resorts to stealing. And then to hear her say she stole dresses from department stores because she couldn't afford them. And he told her she was ugly. Like That was heartbreaking. God damn. It's a little triggering for past yeah. relationships. Yeah, I I definitely was a little heartbroken at that yeah. and may have teared up a bit. She testifies that the abuse first starts a month into the marriage. And yeah, he, it was quick. He did it in front of his brother, and the brother did nothing. Like, she said that his cool brother even, like, kind of did, like, a nod, kind of like, yeah. hell yeah, you got this right. Yeah. Like, ugh. And there are plenty of neighbors who report hearing him yell at her all the time. I've heard him say plenty about how it was never him. It was always her that was abusive. There were so many fucking people that testified on her behalf. Yeah. And made me mad that, like, they weren't there and able to testify in the first one. After he talked about how he was this fit, athletic guy, and she's maybe 100 pounds, who the fuck is going to believe this timid woman is the aggressor? 
Like, I don't understand that. So, and they're, like, trying to play it off, like, well, he was at her mercy because, like, you know, he was unemployed. Like, fuck that. Just because someone's unemployed does not mean that they cannot she's be the aggressor. She's not a citizen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not a citizen. Like, she's this tiny fucking woman, and he was a fucking Marine, okay? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. The cops have a history of showing up to their address and arresting John at least once for battery, and people reported seeing bruises and marks on her and seeing him abuse her, but she's Every clearly this insane mastermind. that came on the stand and talked about the bruises mm-hmm. or, you know, them, the cops talking about coming to the apartment and, like, there being a disturbance and, like, yeah. the neighbors. Oh, my God. Like, every person after another, and I'm just like... I almost started crying when the old lady that lived below them admitted she was the one who gave Lorena those pamphlets. Because, because she, she too, abused. had been a victim yeah. Yeah, of abuse. Ugh. And this dude is such a piece of shit. He's admitting to his friends that he likes to rape women. It literally, on the basketball court, he is talking about how he enjoys forceful sex and, like, making them squirm and blah 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 and all this shocking how many witnesses all of these guys that he played basketball with who are literally sitting on the stand talking about how it wasn't cool it was not cool and they absolutely did not think that he was just trying to be like macho talking and then like when they're talking to these guys like you know obviously now today and they're like you know the one guy's like in his car and the other guy's like sitting at his table and he's talking about like you know I definitely got teary-eyed when he was talking about, like, you know, my mom was abused, yeah. and I remember, and like... Why didn't you do anything? Yeah, and he's like... I, well, and they were, like, 19-year-old, like, yeah, guys, just, like, yeah, yeah, they were, like, young, and, like, he's like, I just remember that, like, my mom was abused, and I always told myself that, like, I would never let a woman feel that way around me, yeah. and just, oh, my God, like, but all no these one, people... No one did a thing. No one did a thing. But this they is, were there to testify. This is probably why we don't remember hearing about any of the abuse she suffered, because it would have been a lot for a six or seven year old to hear about. It would have, because it was a lot. <laughs> she went through a lot. He takes I the stand. I do and... not remember ever knowing what anal sex was at seven. <laughs> he takes the stand and says that, yes, he's pushed her or held her down, but it was because she was hitting him, and that's not very ladylike. Bitch, please. I will fucking punch your dick off. He's never struck her need to calm down <laughs> some bullshit and that's when the defense presents him with a form he signed from a family advocacy <laughs> where it literally says where he admits striking her but he doesn't remember seeing that form before and then the guy's like can you look on the last page and that signature and he's like yeah and he's like eh, do you recognize that signature and he's like it's mine and then he's like do you remember signing that document and he's like no i don't recall yeah it was a document admitting because he had gotten arrested for assault and battery against her. Yeah. Yeah. But never done more than just hold her arms back. I love when he first testified, he was very clear and articulate. His words, you know, you can understand him. But as soon as this evidence is put forth in front of him, it's just fucking gibberish on his mouth. <laughs> he's so clearly like confused. He's a liar. <laughs> he really is. And also... Did you catch that when he was on trial for the rape and, like, after, you know, the the verdict came out and everything and his lawyer was, like, standing in front of the press and he was like, you know, anyone that knows 
him would know yeah. that like he can't ever tell the truth or something like, he's like going I on about like lie or, yeah when no, he does lie it's obvious because he's like oh yeah when he no, slips up no yeah, he yeah, slips yeah. up and he's like this man doesn't have like an honest bone like basically yeah, he doesn't have an like, honest bone oh, in his body exactly and i'm like i'm pretty sure you just told the truth for a while so you can tell he's so guilty he just he can't articulate words it's just, oh, when blah, the blah. cop is he like starts, did you notice he starts slumping forward like yeah. more and more he's dejected because he's, he's caught when that when that police attorney. officer is like i came for a dis like domestic dispur- disturbance and like you know, he answered the door and he reeked of alcohol and he's yeah. like, I didn't, I wasn't drunk, blah, blah, blah. I hadn't been drinking. And then when he like, it, he fucking pled guilty and he's like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't plead guilty. And it's like, you fucking did plead guilty. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But it's all absolutely great for her because after he testified, the media and the public completely come to her side. Yeah. They're just like, fuck John. And around the time of the trial, shit's just flying everywhere. We have Nancy Kerrigan being hit in the leg with a metal pipe, though. Why? Why? Why me? Yes. You've got the end of the Menendez brothers' first trial, where they have that mistrial is eventually declared because of a deadlocked jury. And towards the end of the same month that all this is happening, Michael Jackson settled out of court after being accused of molesting a 13-year-old. So it's a very busy month. We had a very busy childhood. Not to mention, this is a couple of months away from Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman being murdered by OJ. So it's a bad year. finally brings about some change in the laws. So anyway, I love how this doc reminds us about how annoying Geraldo Rivera is. Mm. Do you remember when he got kicked out? for disclosing an upcoming operation on Fox News and he's like drawing a map in the sand. <laughs> you remember that? Like after 9-11? And don't get me started on the mystery of the Al Capone vault. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's a two-hour special broadcast of the 80s where they found some secret vaults under a hotel in Chicago. And it ends with like nothing. Spend the whole two hours like speculating on what could be inside and yeah, there's nothing in there. <laughs> Like they the, seriously thought there'd be bodies or money, money, and it's just trash in there. It's on YouTube. Go watch <laughs> it; it's fun. Anyway, he's harassing. Did he also like? There was like some like I feel like he's had some like drama with like mental institutions and stuff. Yeah, he's done a lot of like really shady well, he did shit. Do the cropsy thing. I feel That's like even like before the that, there was something that like. Done. Anyway, he's harassing Lorena by sending her autographed photo pictures of himself. Which is so vain. Trying to get her to do an interview with him. Tailing her in traffic and trying to film through the windows of the home she's staying in. She's Lorena fucking Bobby, okay? She's not your autographed photograph, okay? Everyone agrees at this point she was abused. But the defense has to try and prove that she was suffering from temporary insanity at the time of the knife act. Although, to find out, he forced her to get an abortion. Like, fuck this dude. That was so devastating, especially when she's having to talk about how, like, okay, first of all, like, when she's on stand and she's talking, they're like, you know, um, how did your family feel about, like, you know, unchaperoned dates? And she's like, my family wouldn't allow it. And they're like, you know, premarital sex. And she's like, my family wouldn't allow it. Like, she was chaperoned for dates. She didn't have sex before she got married. Like, her family was very religious. She was very religious, like, going into this. And then I feel for her, like, having to admit in front of, like, the entire world that 
she got an abortion because he made her get an abortion. And, like, I'm just imagining her family finding this out and how she feels about her family having to know this about her because, like, a lot of women who get abortions don't come out with that stuff. Like, it's a dark secret for a lot of people. And it shouldn't be. Like, I mean, but she was... She was forced into it. She didn't want to have an abortion. She no, wanted to have a she baby. She was so happy when she yeah. found out she and was pregnant. And then he pregnant. was like, not only did he make her get an abortion, but he was a fucking piece of shit about her getting an abortion. Yeah. Like, this is something you have to do because you're a bad girl. And just like, yeah. like taunting I'll leave her. you if you keep this baby. Yeah, and... taunting her about it. Just like, so, fucking yeah, it's, piece of she shit. She was raised Catholic. And besides the fear of being deported, she didn't want to divorce him because that also goes against her religion. Yeah, he was literally using so many things against her to just get what he wanted and then not to mention when she does think about leaving he threatens her would find her no matter where she hid and rape her so for her to suffer through all this abuse and feel like there's no way out i can absolutely understand her snapping oh fuck yeah and i love that when the hispanic community heard about the racism and abuse she suffered from john they showed up in droves to support her they were literally, like, cab drivers were giving free rides yeah. to get them there to her, support her. Her quote about this is sweet. She said, it was incredible. It made me feel like I wasn't alone. That meant so much to me. I will never forget that. Never. For her to feel so alone for years and then to see this love from strangers, like. Oh, God, yeah. I got goosebumps right now just, like, thinking <laughs> about it. And we find out she had tried to file for a protective order but was told to come back on another day. Which, what the it's fuck? insane to think about how spousal abuse was treated. Like, it's still not great now, but Jesus Christ. She asked why she continued to stay at the apartment, and she said because she was scared to tell her friends that he was hitting her again. Which, I get. It's embarrassing. She wanted to hide it. Right, exactly. She didn't want anyone to know that it was failing and that she couldn't salvage it. It's very embarrassing. I was never abused physically, but it was very emotional and verbal abuse was... It was bad, and I didn't tell anybody because it's embarrassing. You feel like it's your fault. Well, exactly, and I've never, like, I mean, I've had, like, physical relationships that, like, I wasn't hit but maybe strong-armed, and I've had sexual assaults that weren't necessarily, like, you know, some people wouldn't say it was a rape, but it was definitely, like, unconsensual. Yeah. And, again, like, you don't want to talk about it like because... You feel like a terrible person. Like, you feel like you brought it on yourself. You right. You don't want to admit it to other people. Exactly. You don't want to let anyone know because you're ashamed. And she yeah. was ashamed. Yeah. So, John had stated on the night of the attack when he had gone out with his friends to drink, they only had two beers and two shots. We'll get into it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm ready to jam. This dude comes on the stand and testified that they had five beers which no shit the crime scene technician said he had to be fucking hammered to stay in bed so long after the attack the dude got his dick cut off and just laid there yeah so he had five beers and two shots or three shots he says he got into bed and fell asleep and woke up an hour later rolled on top of her and fell back asleep this is so confusing but he doesn't know if they had sex or not which why the fuck would you just roll on top of her her testimony to mention like someone drunk rolling on top of me like that's enough like for me yeah. to get pissed i'm not gonna cut your dick off over like you rolling on top of me but i'm gonna definitely wake up in the morning and be like what the fuck john punch you in the shoulder till yeah. you get off her testimony is very rough it's really hard to watch she says he rolled on top of her and his shoulder was pressing down on her face making it hard for her to breathe 
and then he raped her. And she asked him why he kept hurting her again and again. John says now that he was sleeping and doesn't know why she was talking to him while he was sleeping. He was just too exhausted to talk to her or even rape her. This is some bullshit. Like, you could tell. I've never heard that excuse before. She literally, through her testimony about the sexual assaults that she has suffered, like, the when she's talking about him forcing anal sex upon her, like, she is clearly having like she's like panicking like that you can tell in her breathing like it is like panic attack mode like she is very upset and it upset me like just watching it it sounded to me that the rape was such a common occurrence that he just automatically did it without realizing exactly he didn't it wasn't even a second thought for him yeah At this point, she claims to be in a catatonic state. She doesn't even remember walking into the kitchen. She just knows she goes into the kitchen drinking a glass of water, trying to calm down, and she just sees the knife. She says she doesn't remember grabbing the knife or the attack. She just remembers being in the car afterwards, which I kind of believe based on her actions. Yeah. She doesn't even try to hide any of the evidence. When they ask for the knife and the dick are, she just tells them. Yeah, like, she's she like, I was driving. It. She didn't she? She drove to the nail salon, and yeah. like tried to get in there. And didn't have the keys or something. Yeah, it was like just... locked. It was like the middle of the night, yeah. and you know, she was just like she was she was distraught and just tried to go to a place that was kind of like a comfort to her. If she had stabbed him over and over again, I would think, yeah, she knew what she was doing, but just one slice and then just walks out the door. So, yeah, she's in the car, realizes she has the knife and the dick in her hands, and just. And she only realized because it was hard to, like, turn. Turn. Yeah. And then she drove to work in the middle of the night, which is where she said she usually went after a fight with him. So her brain is just on autopilot. She had had a couple occasions where she had slept in her car in the parking lot. So she gets to work, still has the knife in her hand. So she just tosses that into a trash bin. Like, doesn't hide it under trash or anything. It's sitting right on top. Yeah, she wasn't like a mastermind criminal. And she said after this, she felt a sense of peace. I would think if this was premeditated, she would still be feeling adrenaline. But I don't know. And even if she did remember what had happened, she's not proud of herself. Like, even telling her story, she's not happy about doing any of it. No. It's not something she wants to think about. It's so heartbreaking watching this and hearing all these people who knew what was going on and no one stepping in. Even these guys listening to him talk about raping her and not one of them telling him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, what the fuck, man? That's not cool. I honestly honestly believe if she hadn't attacked him, she would have ended up dead. Due to oh, all the absolutely. Abuse. Like they say, like, most women die in the process of leaving the abusive spouse or within the six months of leaving them. Yeah. And the testimony of the woman who, like, had seen her and gotten, like, her nails and her eyebrows done. Yeah. And, like, when she's, like, crying about how, like, you know, she said, you know, come stay with me and I'll take care of you. And, like, she was like, I can't because he'll find me. Yeah. The craziest part, and I definitely believe everyone in this agrees, prosecution i think purposely fucked up her trial because he believed her so the prosecution for lorena's trial was the same one for john's small town i'm not sure i truly believe he wanted to send john to jail but felt lorena didn't deserve to go to jail he even helped the defense by giving witnesses the defense attorney's number instead of just ignoring them 
because they wouldn't be able to help him. And even putting the doctor who changed his mind during the middle of the trial on the stand, like, it's... The doctor was there to testify for the prosecution. And yeah. And just middle of the trial switches around. Yeah, like, completely changed testimony. It was like, I've changed my mind. Like, this was absolutely, like, it was... Like, she couldn't help herself. Yeah, the state's forensic psychiatrist went into this believing she did this out of anger, and after listening to the trial and talking to one of the witnesses, he changes his feelings about Lorena. It's insane to have the prosecution trying to help the defense. But this is stuff that's coming out with this documentary. Like, seeing the trial, you never would have guessed this stuff going on behind the scenes. No, it just seemed like a crazy, like, scorned woman cutting a dick off. But yeah, it goes to the jury, and she's found not guilty. It's so crazy hearing about all the abuse and shit. It's still in the back of your mind. You really wonder if she's going to be found not guilty. It's insane. Like, you know, she doesn't deserve to go to jail, but what if one person on that jury hears all this testimony and still thinks, well, the abuse doesn't sound that bad. There's always Well, and there was. There was, like, one holdout. There's one person on this fucking jury who did feel that way. The four person. Like, how do you hear all this testimony from her family, friends, the doctors, and still think like, there's a way? Sir, she how would have you like it if he someone only... stuck their dick in your ass, unwelcome, uninvited, without any kind of lubricant, just fucking thrust he it in only your agreed ass? Agreed to do the not guilty because all the other jurors were pressuring him. It's like no shit because you're fucking wrong. Yeah. So she's found not guilty, but it's not guilty by reason of insanity. So she's ordered to a 45-day evaluation period at Central State Hospital in Petersburg, Virginia. Which, of course, sucks, but it's better than 20 years in prison. And I think that, like like she said, it was, you know, it was... was, She got to talk to counselors. Exactly. She got the therapy that, like, she needed to get through this, and... It was a good start. Exactly. It It was a good, like turning point for her so after all the court cases are done and shit john still can't help but be in the spotlight he formed a band called severed parts that was unsuccessful and didn't generate enough money to cover his medical and legal bills so he starts making all these appearances appearances for radio strip clubs selling his underwear and of course ew porn in 1994 he appeared in john wayne bobbitt uncut and in 1996, he was in Frankenpenis. <laughs> Frankenpenis was basically a film where he wanted to enlarge his dick and featured the real life surgery. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't watched any of these because I'm like not emotionally prepared to watch that. <laughs> like, by the way, that surgery was botched. I big have, surprise. I, but what a porner to show. Okay. I've not seen what his dick looks like other than the pictures were short, shown of it in two pieces and I'd like to keep it that way. I love he did Especially because f- I'm just like, oh, look at that little tiny penis. <laughs> he did the first film because he wanted us to know it works and doesn't leak. Those are his words. <laughs> Ew, no one suspected that. <laughs> and then he does this other film because he can't stand to be out of the spotlight and it backfires. All of this, and he didn't even make much money. So he. I like to point out the point when he's on Howard Stern and he's talking about like you know the bankruptcy and like how the surgery was botched and all this other shit. And he's like, no one was there to look out for me. It's like fuck you, okay? But Howard does slip up a little and kind of like blames him for it. Like you just wanted to be in the spotlight again. I was like, thank you. 
Like, what a piece of so shit. So he claims bankruptcy and doesn't have to worry about any of the bills anymore. He didn't pay the doctors who yeah. sewed his dick back on. That's why I'm like, what happened to the money you had to begin with? Because none of these people got paid. No, no one. And, it and the doctors are even talking about it. Like, yeah. they're still sore about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it doesn't seem like Lorena made up any of the abuse because in 1994, he's fucking charged with assaulting a 21-year-old named Christina Elliott while in Las Vegas on a publicity tour. Big shock. He pushed her up against the wall, held her arms, and beat her, which sounds familiar. And you know he's lying in court again because he does his little gibberish act. He's not a good liar. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I don't recall this. He's convicted of battery and sentenced to 15 days in jail. Which, what the fuck? Especially because the judge even says, I firmly believe you have an attitude problem. Your attitude problem is caused by your drinking. But 15 days. Like, it takes longer for fucking bruises to heal than that, sir. <laughs> John and Lorena's divorce was finalized in 1995. So he moves to Las Vegas and still struggles to keep a job, but he has quite the resume. He worked as a bartender, limo driver, driver mover, pizza delivery driver, and tow, tuck, tow, tuck, <laughs> tow truck operator. Well, he did have a tuck. <laughs> he also had a short stint as a wedding minister at a local Universal Life Church. Which wants, I would never like. Who I wants a well-known know, wife beater officiating their wedding? I want to know about those marriages. Have they lasted? Yeah. And he was a celebrity greeter at the Bunny Ranch, which was like the worst like of his jobs. Um, because he like really fucked them yeah. over. 1999, he received probation for his role in a store theft. What did they say? It was like almost 150 thousand dollars worth of clothes. That's a lot of shit. He's such a fucking idiot. He asked the store or chain store, I'm not sure, for clothes because he's a celebrity or whatever. And then he would return the clothes to other stores for cash. There was also another woman in this documentary who didn't even want to be seen and only went by Desiree, who was beaten and raped by John. But he says he's never used violence against another person ever. He, she literally testifies that like he tied her to the bed and she faked being dead he started proceeding to like just like decide how he was going to dispose of yeah. her body so that she could get away like if she wanted fame she doesn't show her face and just has no. her first name she's fucking scared if of him that's even her name no she's fucking scared of him in 2003, he was sentenced to prison for violating his probation for the 1999 theft after he was arrested on battery charges involving his then-wife, Joanna Farrell. Yeah, again. And I guess Joanna was his third wife? They never talk about his second wife. Just... He tried to say that, like, like he tries to blame the it's women. It's always the women. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always the women. Him. Like, oh, she was just in it for, like, the immigration, or, oh, she was just in it for, like, this, and she was in, like, no, you're a fucking piece of shit. If you're on a date with somebody and they talk about how all their exes are horrible or crazy, no, get out. it's not, <laughs> it's not the other people, it's them, newsflash, yes. like, they are the problem. He was, sorry, that was not a fart, that was, like, <laughs> I banged my knee into something. He was again arrested on charges of battery against her in 2004 twice and filed for divorce that same year and let's just get to a quote from this guy these women 
they know that their backup is to use law enforcement to their advantage by saying, well, you know what? If you leave or you fuck up this relationship or you don't get my citizenship, I'll call the cops. That's not how it works. So all these women are just out to get him, and those shitty cops and judges are just ganging up on this guy. He's just meeting all the wrong women, okay, (laughs) Heather? Like, they are just all wrong, and he is the victim here. And he tries to pull the shit of his mom was abused, so there's just no way he would ever be abusive. This poor, unlucky guy. And he claims he was intact to prison a few times, which, no shit. Everybody knows if you hurt children or women, you're not going to have a fun time. No. It's like a fucking given. In 2014, he broke his neck in a car accident in Buffalo, New York, and got his toes amputated in 2020 due to infected bones. Well, and I think there was like a 2021, they were talking about like he may have to have his foot amputated because of infected bones. I don't know. But he doesn't have to worry about keeping a job because he's got that sweet government disability money. And I think the least shocking thing about this guy, did you see his car license plate? Mm-hmm. DJ Trump. I know it's <laughs> not old John Trump or whatever, but I just like to think of DJ Trump. <laughs> I so. would just like to say that, like, obviously, karma fucked him hard, mm-hmm. and Lorena came out on top. So when Lorena is released from her 45 day stay at the hospital, she's just beaming. Probably the first big smile she's had in years. She's fucking free. Yeah, she's kind of just staying out of the spotlight. Like, she signs a deal for her story to be told as a way of putting out there about spousal abuse, bringing that forward. That's another thing is, like, every, like, she's like, I'm okay with the jokes because I then can turn around and be like, hey, like, this is a serious thing. Let's talk about violence against women. Exactly. And And I love this about her. Like... Lorena for president. She is like, like, I will take the jokes if it means I can put this information out there. Like you are a platform for me to be able to talk about like marriage and issues and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like you want to talk about me cutting off a dick? Fine. Whatever. I love her. I really do. And she's also doing this to be able to make some money so she can start her life over again, which I'm all for. And the one person she's been able to trust all these years, Jana Masudi, fucks her over on the money. Oh, of course. Because there can't be anybody good in this story. No. I love Lorena's quote about all of this. I didn't choose to be in the spotlight. It wasn't intentional. But for some reason, you know, people thought they could always make money off of my story. I just wanted to live a simple life. I went through so much and um, I have to somehow get the strength to, to move on. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to move on. She decides to go to community college where she meets David Bellinger. They were study partners and friends for years before they became romantically involved. She struggled with dating because she felt like no one would want to date someone with right. that has the passion. she Yeah, has. exactly. Like, she cut a dick off. Yeah. And they have a daughter together. And, oh, my God, that little girl is so cute. And she still lives in Manassas. No, it's her, like, why would she, she want yeah, to leave? Yeah, she goes, this is my home. Why would I leave? She wasn't the wronged one. Like, you know, like, she wasn't, she wasn't the criminal in this. Yeah. Like, she shouldn't be pushed out. So I love that while he's constantly being an asshole and getting arrested for abusing other women, she decides to become a public speaker for domestic violence and to help other women with healing. In 2007, she started a foundation that raises money for 
domestic abuse victims and their children. And, yeah, the way she just handles the media. Yeah. she. I mean, she's out there, like, fucking, like, giving Christmas to these, like, battered wives yeah. and their children. And just, like, fucking, like, being a boss. Like and She even said that's why she agreed to do this film. And I'm so glad for her. I just want her to have a happy life. And Yeah, no. Like, she is my hero. For real. And then we find out that this dumb motherfucker has been sending her letters all these years. And he wants to fucking deny that shit. Like, I, it is fucking there. I love that she has some of the letters that she hasn't even opened. But she did keep them, so I, I don't know. He's, yeah, I'm sure she kept them for, like, evidence. He says she contacted him first, which somehow he thinks that excused him for bombarding her with messages all this time. Like, even the Facebook messages. Do you see one of them's, like, four in the morning? Yeah, like, no, he's definitely, he's drunk. He's like, you were the best woman I ever had. He was even trying to contact her at her job. He's fucking nuts. Sending her messages that they should get back together because it would generate them, <clears throat> generate them a lot of money. <laughs> like, like bro, fuck? take the fucking hint. Even she her has... quote, her quote is amazing. I mean, it's, you know, leave me alone. I think it's, it's like, I cut his penis off. I mean, just leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, that's a great hint. Like, if that's not like a shutdown, yeah. then I don't know what is. And this ends with the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which can be reached at 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-7233. So, I was glad I watched this again. The first time it was mostly just, like, listening to it so to sit and actually focus on it and take notes, i it's a will great say film. that like even watching it like the third time i still thoroughly enjoyed it the fourth time still enjoyed it um i did like the whole neighbor situation where like the neighbors the couple yeah the couple I, I liked that moment when she's like you know i had some like experience in the past with like, he was abuse. like it wasn't me he leans into the camera shot and he was like it was not me <laughs> and that it made me laugh so, so hard <laughs> so yeah. she's like i don't think he even worked there a week and he's just like it was three weeks <laughs> But we have learned that nothing has changed in almost 30 years. Exactly. We're still... Dicks still rule the world. And yep. we're just blessed we're even allowed to vote no and legal, drive. No legal abortions for women. No, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. We are back in the 50s and fuck women. We suck, apparently. It just really sucks how the media handled this whole thing. Exactly, because, like, because seven again, years old... we didn't know anything about this abuse. No, like, That was exactly. not in the it was, news. And even if, like, you you know look at it from a perspective of like not having seen like the documentary even today like it's not something well known like she's not portrayed as like this, this hero woman who just yeah got mad just, at oh it just makes me so mad like i mean it's it's a solid documentary i definitely think that like if you grew up or experienced like you know, seeing this in the media and thinking like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like it's fucking solid. Yeah. Like I wish his dick had stayed cut off. <laughs> yeah. Like that man he's, should have been yeah. sitting to pee for the rest of his fucking life because he's a piece of shit. And I hope he never fucking traps another woman into his fucking spider web of 
bullshit. <laughs> so, in next conclusion. Week, next week will be a little more fun. Yeah. National Treasure Mormons is how I would describe it. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I watched that one in four times as well because oh it was God. just so, like... You're lucky you have kids old enough who can kind of just do their own things. Exactly. Like, I'm I'm blessed because, you know, I don't have a toddler anymore. <laughs> God. And so he I can just... to find every way to try and kill himself. Exactly. <laughs> so dumb. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that my eight-year-old doesn't, like, still try and kill herself in, <laughs> like, crazy bullshit ways. But at least I can be like, can you just sit down on your iPad for a few minutes? Because mommy has to watch something. <laughs> or like, my like panicked, like, leave the room. This isn't for you. <laughs> what's that severed dick on the TV? Yeah. What's, the, what's that little worm, worm. thing? <laughs> Why is there so much blood? It's ketchup. Leave the room. Mommy's busy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so next week will be fun. Mm-hmm. Tune in. You'll love it. All right. Thank you for listening to Talk To Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at talktomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at talktomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.